Microphones and headphones provided by CAD Audio. CAD Audio, expression through innovation. Forgive the interruption, but I believe this requires your attention. Meanwhile, at the above-ground underwater suborbital volcano lair... Sergeant, we need a response team. We're already putting together the best man. With all due respect, sir, so am I. I have a plan. It's <laughs> a fake plan. It's real! Mighty Marvel Geeks. That's what we call ourselves. It's really a team. A team? No, no, no. We're a chemical mixture that makes chaos. We're, we're a time bomb. Well then, son, you've got a condition. Your show about all things Marvel with Mike, Kylan, and Eric. What a bunch of losers. I am Groot. That I did know. These people may be isolated, unbalanced even, but I believe with the right push, they can be exactly what you need. Suit up. I'm bringing the party to you. I have indeed been uploaded, sir. We're online and ready. And welcome to another issue of Mighty Marvel Geeks. It is the Intrepid Trio, minus one, plus one. Yeah. Yep. Eric's not with us again this week, um, and we we wish Eric well. He, he's not sick, but there, there's stuff that's keeping him away. We'll just leave it at that. Uh, but we hope things work out soon. And uh, but we are joined again by Bart, field agent Bart. Um, so thank you again for coming back. Yep, glad to be back. And uh, so, how are you guys doing? <sighs> I'm good. Busy as always, but no, it's good. I I know I got work on something else <laughs> to say as to how you guys are doing. Well, well, I mean, you know, we you know we we even though we talk through the week, you know, we don't actually spend time per se until we're here online. So you know, true on, on the air, true yeah on the air. So you know, it, I think it's a fair question to ask. Like, how are you doing? You know. Yeah. Because, you, know, you know, there may be a week where we're not doing. So there's that. Now, what, would it be wrong to us to have said, how you doing? Uh, I, as I do a poor well, Joey. <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I, I don't know because my Fitbit sometimes start my mor- starts my morning off that way, too. So, <laughs> Okay. And that's just weird sometimes. So you put it on, it goes, how you doing? And I'm like, oh, okay. Well, before we get any further, go check out the new look, MightyMarvelGeeks.net. Yes. I think it looks awesome. Oh, yeah. It's got a real sharp look to it. Uh, check out our affiliates down the, the side, of, on the right-hand side of the, the screen as you're looking at the at the site. Supporting them helps support us. Um, got a comment, question, topic you want to hear us talk about, leave a note in our speak pipe. And hey, we may even play your question or comment on the air. If you don't want it on the air, just let us know in the voicemail you don't want it on the air. Um, or you can also email us at mmg at mightymarvelgeeks.net or hit us up on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all that you can find at the top of our, the top, the bottom and the side of the site. Try and put it, those links to in spots that would be easy for you to get to. So, um, and easy to get to, let's start off with, obviously you're a Marvel fan if you're listening to us. Hopefully you're a Disney fan as well, because apparently there is an awesome Avengers Affinity War Easter egg at Disneyland. So, um... Apparently, there was a fan who happened to find one hidden at the park, and it was a 
a reference to the events of Affinity War. A Reddit user by the name of Ford117 posted a picture um, showing the Easter egg. And this came from this past Tuesday, uh, the 21st of August. Uh, And the nod comes in the form of a newspaper dispenser. And, of course, Peter Parker's iconic employer, the Daily Bugle. Right. Um, and the gentleman replies, arguably the best Easter egg I ever found at Disneyland. As the Daily Bugle and the headline, parentheses, or not parentheses, quote, unquote, O, no, they didn't. And it's the letter O. Huh. And then underneath it, Iron Man, Spider-Man seen fighting alien foes. And what do we see the picture of? The O ship in New York. You know, Ebony Mall ship. Yeah. Um, so it's quite obvious where the O came from in the headline. Not only does the paper reference that, but it also alludes to the ending of Black Panther as well. Uh, if you remember at the end of Black Panther, uh, T'Challa opened up Wakanda to the rest of the world in the film's mid-credit scenes. Well, yes. as a result, countries all over the world now know about Wakanda, and it's all anyone is discussing. Um, so... All three stories listed in the header of the paper. First one from the world news section, Wakanda joins global stage, how the nations reacted. The second one comes from the entertainment section of the paper and references Shuri's move to California at the end of the Black Panther. Wait, why do I, I don't remember that one. And I stayed all the way through. Yeah, it was, it was just for a moment. It was, I think she was like heading out the science the science center there in the neighborhood. Yes, oh, right, because okay, she okay, got okay. out of the ship, didn't she? Yeah. Okay, yeah, 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 right. yeah, yeah. I remember now. Uh, and that headline is Princess Shuri at Coachella, Fierce Royal Fashion Scene. Um, of course, that's, that's the first and foremost important one of them all is the fashion sense of Shuri and how excited would she be to be at Coachella. And then the third one... Um, is the introduction of vibranium into the mainstay, mainstream media, uh, vibranium, miracle metal, what the future may bring. So um, it's the first one to be spotted. Hopefully it won't be the last. If you happen to have seen any other Easter eggs for Marvel at Disneyland or anywhere other than Walt Disney World, give us a shout. Email link is in the in our social media links. Hit us up on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook as well. We would like to know from you if you happen to see any others. And send pics too. We'll post them up on our fa- on our social media pages. So we 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 really would. We promise. So, but question is going to be now that we've got Infinity War out of the way, we got Captain Marvel coming. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got Avengers 4 coming, and then shortly after that is Spider-Man Far From Home. When are we going to get trailers for any of these? And I guess the, f- the the biggest one is when are we getting, yeah, when are we getting the trailer for Captain Marvel? But I think the big one is when are we getting the trailer for Avengers 4? So it's I'm all, kinda, that, it's even all that work's get, done. When, if and when we get the trailer, obviously we are going to get one, but... I feel like they're not going to show very much. No, no. Which, at first I'm saying, I'd think, oh, they want to wait till after Captain Marvel. But even then, like, I have a feeling it's going to be like a teaser trailer. And that's what's going to be the regular trailer. Well, if, if 
okay, if we wait until, if we have to wait until after Captain Marvel, despite that Avengers 4 is going to be hyped on its own based on the reaction of Infinity War, do we really, or can we really tolerate waiting till two months before the film releases for all the hype? Or is that going to be too late? I, I kind of fear, like, if they're going to do a trailer, as with almost every other trailer, they're end up, you know, giving away something from the movie. And, like, the whole movie is almost geared on, this ended on a huge cliffhanger. We don't want you to know what's happening next. Okay, but I think even with, like, Solo, I don't think they gave... Oh. Oh, let no, me let no. me not, let let me back it up. Even with Infinity War, they didn't give away a lot with the trailers, and they even no. threw extra stuff in to confuse us. Because how much stuff did was there? We're like, uh, where was this in the movie? We could potentially see that, right? But the but the question is going to be, when do we see it? Even even just a teaser trailer, when's the possibility that we're going to see this? Hmm. So I think oh. I derailed Bart. Yeah. So, okay, here is a question. When is the next, is four supposed to come out? Like the movie itself? May of next year. May? Okay. Yeah, because part of the part of the gripe is when can they start pushing Spider-Man, which yeah. comes out in July. And that right there is going to be pretty difficult as it is for, you know, advertising that one. Yeah, that was going to be very difficult. So we've got till May. Um, this is an article from comicbook.com suggesting a couple different places where it could be. It could be. It could be. Uh, before Venom, which is only just coming up here in a month. Okay. I can't see that. Mm-hmm. No, it's just too early. And, and and at this point in time, why would we want, or why would we, why would Marvel want to attach it to Venom when Venom is not even associated with the MCU? Right. Yeah. At all. Right. So. And as the time as the year goes on, we've got Wreck It Ralph in November. That that's going to get a you know, it's the same. It's their it's their movie again. It could happen in November. Or they could push it to, towards December when we've got the Spider Verse and Mary Poppins. I'm thinking December might be more. Um, but with Rocket Ralph, you're talking November 21st. Yeah, that's the week of Thanksgiving. Yeah. And, and the question is going to be sort of like what we brought up with Solo, typically around Thanksgiving, whether it's the Thanksgiving day or the week or two weeks after Thanksgiving. Disney does on ABC the two hour yeah. state of the union or state of the company address that is the public media bash. Hey, check out what's coming to the parks next year. Check out the movies that are coming. Right. Which was disappointing because they they kind of alluded to that's where Solo was going to be. But no, we don't see anything with Solo. Mm-hmm. So could we potentially, I mean, that's a potential there around Wreck-It Ralph, around that, that show. So um, but I will let you continue. Huh? And actually, that would be a good... And I could see them doing something with Wreck-It Ralph to promote Avengers. Right. Also, like anything, if we just get like a tiny teaser for it. And it starts there. Yeah. Um, In December, we've got Into the Spider-Verse on the 14th. And then about a week later, we've got Mary Poppins. See, to me, it doesn't feel right to put it with Mary Poppins. No, no, it doesn't. Spider-Verse, maybe, but again, it's another one of those, it's a Sony character, but it's also Marvel. 
Yeah. And that one is kind of all Sony as well, hence why it's animated. So if we jump ahead more, uh, there's the Super Bowl in February. But at that point, that's three months before the movie. Yeah. Which is kind of when it launched this year for Infinity War. And that's okay, I would think. But if you wait until the next one you're going to list. Yeah, Captain Marvel comes out a month after that. I think you're too late. Yeah. So that, yeah, at that point... Again, it might it actually might be, but they still might be able to advertise it without, you know, saying without really using much of Captain Marvel in there. Right. Because I know that was a lot of problems that I remember when Infinity War came out. I was hearing people, well, we haven't seen Black Panther yet. We don't want to and we don't know very much about it. So we don't want to see Infinity War yet Uh, because they came because they came out so close to each other. Yeah, but, you know, there's already been talk of I mean, we were already seeing trailers of Black Panther when that came out. So to me, it just doesn't matter. Mm hmm. I mean, we knew the character was coming. We had already seen him briefly in Civil War. Right. So, I mean, it's it's not an, it wasn't that big of an issue. But this to to get it out there, the, this would be one that I would be expecting to uh, to see before Captain Marvel. And I, I guess, well, Captain Marvel comes out in March. If they advertised it during the super started. Uh, promoting it during the Super Bowl, that would be a good way to market Captain Marvel also. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I, I would expect to see Captain Marvel trailers before that. Oh, yeah. But it would be a good... They've already gotten the marketing out there for Captain Marvel. And then all of a sudden, if they start beginning of February, it'll bring it back into casual viewers' eyes. Right. And like, oh, yeah, there's that movie coming out next month. Right. Mm-hmm. So I will let you continue on. So uh, another option would just be um, it says Marvel Studios has, re- has rewritten a lot of the rules of the movie industry, including what happens with trailer releases. The release of the first Avengers Infinity War, a full trailer was held back uh, that it became an event. So Marvel Studios has no pressing need to put out the trailer. It can really just make an event out of it whenever they feel like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but the question is, should they really do that? Or, or should it just be announced, hey, this is when we're going to put it out? Well, they, they did that with Solo, and then look at everyone kept waiting and waiting and waiting, and then finally, oh, we're putting it on TV in the morning. Yeah. I personally I like and I've been thinking about this a lot and I think I think the it's only appropriate that if we that the earliest teaser trailer that we get should be with Captain Marvel uh, I, I, that's, I don't know. I'm just, I've been thinking about that a lot, and I'm like, I don't, I, I, I don't know if I want it anytime like during Christmas, you know. I, I and I certainly don't want it with. Um, I, say, I say let's get it with the Super Bowl. Well, you know, if you did with Super Bowl, that's a good way of getting that. That you probably that's the biggest punch. That that that's the biggest bang for your buck if you think about it. That's gonna be you know? four months out. Yeah. If you don't put it out with the Super Bowl, I think that's going to cause more fan outcry. Because if anything, you're going, okay, we didn't get it through Christmas. We didn't get it before this. If we're going to get it, this is where it needs to happen. Mm -hmm. Super Bowl is that spot show. 
I yeah. Um, considering uh, you know the the money that Disney and Marvel would pay for the time to run an ad on there, they would make that within the first weekend anyway. So yeah, first weekend. You know, it was probably the first day. You know, I, so I would say first day. Matter. Just doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. At this at this point, they could say they could say right now. You know, look on Sunday. We're gonna post it on our website on Sunday, and people would be flocking to it right now. Yeah, they would. They would. I mean, I know everybody who I honestly there's one person that I know that did not care for the movie. But everybody else that I know, they're 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 waiting for the earliest word of when they can expect to see the trailer. But even then, it has to be right. The timing has to be right. I, I, I agree. I think that the Super Bowl is probably the best time for that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, talking about waiting, uh, there's someone who's not going to be waiting too much more for the jump they're making. Oh, no. Uh, so, yeah, it looks like uh, the, uh, I guess, is it one of the creators? Uh, uh, the creator of Jessica Jones is leaving um, uh, leaving the series to sign a deal with Warner Brothers TV. Yeah, uh, let that uh, let that sink in, folks. Why would they do uh, so that? Yeah, well, and this is a story from comicbook.com. Uh, so creator and executive producer Melissa Rosenberg is leaving the series. Uh, and so according to a report from THR's uh, Leslie Goldberg, uh, Rosenberg will be leaving Jessica Jones after completing the recently announced third season. The producer has signed an overall deal with Warner Brothers Television in the range of eight figures. Yeah. Eight figures, folks. So that's what it takes to uh, to go over to, to Warner Brothers, apparently. But and now I'm not mad at her. I mean, I totally get it. But and it says that uh, Netflix did fight to try to keep her, but, um, but that the, the Warner Brothers bid was... Uh, uh, as they put it, ultimately more enticing. Uh, so that makes Rosenberg. Marvel weepers. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Rosenberg was ready to move on to something new, and Warner's Bro- Warner Brothers Television provided that opportunity. The multi-year deal will see the producer create and develop multiple projects for Warner Brothers TV. Okay. Um, and so, yeah, so, but she's not focusing on this until uh, she's done with season three of Jessica Jones. And it does say that there is a season four, uh, that the new showrunner will be appointed, but Rosenberg will remain credited as creator and executive producer. Okay. Now, and here's a quote uh, from Rosenberg. All of my attention remains with the extraordinary cast, writers, and production team of Marvel's Jessica Jones until the completion of season three, Rosenberg said. It continues to be a career highlight working with my partners at Marvel Television and Netflix. We're we're extraordinarily grateful to the viewers who have supported us every step of the way on Jessica's journey, which is so beautifully realized by Kristen Ritter and the amazing cast, including Rachel Taylor, Ika Darville, 
and Carrie Ann Moss. We have so many talented storytellers in every, every area of this show who I'm honored to call friends and collaborators. As I look ahead after this season, I'm thrilled that I will be able to explore new projects with the talented team at Warner Brothers Television and push myself in new challenging creative directions. Okay. So yeah, so you know, it, it it's uh, everybody's parting on on good condition. Uh, but at the same time, you know, it, it's kind of sad to see to see her go. But I, at the same time, I get why. I do get it. Yeah. Whether it makes sense or not, it's a whole other issue. Yeah, that's true. So well, uh, we know Spider Man comes out in a few weeks. And here's some stuff maybe you don't know. The fighting styles of Spider Man. And when mm. you see and when you see that title, don't you just want to do that, Bruce Lee? <laughs> Well, the way Spidey moves, I would say, yeah, I could see him totally doing that, you know? So, well, Spider-Man, we're going to see his signature fighting techniques come to the game. Uh, That's what, September 7th? And Polygon's Patrick Gill broke down the menacing fighting style that the Spidey menace... the. The Great Red Spider, his fighting style in the video that's seen above at the comicbook.com website story. Um, it suggests that most of his moves come from uh, Capoeira, um, which is perfect, which is a perfect matchup for Spider-Man. Because it has it the acrobatic moves that have him leaping around, uh, confusing his enemies before striking them. Uh, citing specific Capriera techniques that can be seen in gameplay videos, Gill explains that Spider-Man's whole fighting style is based around the form of martial arts, with the hero always staying low and mobile while using the momentum to frequent, uh, frequent spins to come crashing down on his enemies. Mm-hmm. So along with Capriera... We also know he has a love for professional wrestling. I mean, he went he went to go take on Crusher Hogan. Yeah, snap into a Slim Jim. Um, and and we know uh, that that character exists in some capacity within the Spider-Man game, which would be cool. Um, but a lot of his influence comes from the Lucha Libre style of wrestling. Again, <laughs> very acrobatic, very high flying. Um, several of the moves m- specifically mentioned in the video, drop salts, scissor takedowns, the famous Poiserana, also known as the Huracarana. Um, <laughs> but you know, to, to do this, uh, it, it's... Yeah, that's where the fighting styles are coming from. So okay. I, already, I already see that already. I'm glad to get a little bit more on that. I, th- I think that's kind of cool. Well, you know, it's like uh, being a fan of um, martial arts, and and I, I love I love it when they take it so deep that you get to see you no, know, or or somebody actually takes the time to detail the fighting styles that certain right. characters, you know. Uh, you know, or like, uh, you know, if you read a really like it's sort of like if you were to read the uh, the handbook to the Marvel Universe, if you were to read Daredevil's uh, bio or Iron Fist bio, like they actually take enough care 
to list what fighting styles these people use. And no, because you don't really get to see it so much in the comics, but in a video game, you're definitely going to see that. So it's cool to see Marvel take enough care to put it out there. Hey, this is what you're seeing. It just kind of adds that another depth of appreciation for right. a game that is already has a pretty deep level of appreciation and it hasn't even come out yet. Yeah. Now, two characters you won't see in this game, Daredevil, John Cena. You know, that was so funny. <laughs> <sighs> oh, man. John, John Cena John Cena and Daredevil at a wrestling match. John Cena does his little hand in front of his face to Daredevil and goes, you can't see me. I, I, I think it's hilarious. I, I just I, I was sitting at my desk laughing, looking at that meme yesterday, and I'm just like... <laughs> That's just so wrong on so many levels. But it's so right. It is. So, anyway, um, but the game's bringing some more stuff to it as well. Uh, yeah, it actually it looks like, uh, along with some bonus, it's going to have some bonus suits uh, you can use with Spider-Man, including the Iron Spider suit. Uh, but one has popped up as a Funko figure uh, that is Canada exclusive. Oh, yeah. Uh, this popped up on Reddit. Uh, the image indicates the special suit that apparently can be unlocked over the course of the game, though we're unsure, according to the article, comicbook.com, unsure when in the game you can get it. It, it looked, being as I don't know a lot about Fireman, according to this article, it says it's a variation of the negative zone suit. So it's black. Okay. It's, it's uh, more venomy, but without being venom. Uh, uh, let me look up something real quick, because, I mean, because the, I mean, his black, the the suit that he got from Civil War, I mean, not Civil War, uh, Secret Wars, that wasn't considered a negative zone suit, though, no, was it? Is that, that the same one? That was the, um... The symbiote. That was the symbiote, or symbiote. There you go. Yeah. Depending on who you want to listen to. And they've already confirmed that Venom is not in the game. So that may, that gives more questions to what this is. What it is, is a, it's a plague for so, against Sony going, yeah, we're putting this exclusive to your game system. But guess what? We're not going to help you promote your movie. Because <laughs> you, oh. you made a stupid mistake. Okay, yeah, I see the negative zone suit. So, okay. All right. So I I I, I kind of like it. Yeah, it, it's almost got the Spider-Man f- suit feel from uh, Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man Three. Mm-hmm. It does. So, uh, were there any other Funkos listed? Uh, for the game, this game, uh, that's the only one that they've advertised so far, and I think just because it's one that they're not selling and selling here yet. Okay. Hmm. Well, that works. Uh, I'll certainly keep my eyes peeled for. Uh, well, I uh, know I don't. I wouldn't be able to get that one. Well, actually, that's not true. I have connect. I have connections in Canada, so we'll see how that goes. But um, let's see. You know, if they come out with anything for this side of the border. Yeah, and, and that's usually a struggle. It is. We'll get stuff, and they won't. They'll get stuff, and we won't. Mm-mm. So, um, speaking of... Oh, I actually just looked on 
Funko can uh, uh, Canadian site for Funko, uh-huh. and uh, th- this one that in the article is three ninety nine. There is a three. I see three ninety six, ninety seven, and ninety eight. Interesting. Oh, in 95. Um, there's one of Mary Jane holding a Spidey doll. Uh, there's one of Miles Morales, um, oh. Mr. Negative, and then uh, Peter in the suit with his mask off. Well, that's cool. That's very cool. Very cool. Well, um, we've got some time left still. Yeah, it's been a short news week. Um, but yeah, let's have let's let's have some fun with uh, with this next story. See how far we get. <laughs> oh, so uh, it looks like uh, the good people at consequenceofsound.net uh, went through the trouble of ranking every Marvel movie and TV show from worst to best. Or or worst to first. They didn't say that, but I needed to rhyme it. So... <laughs> All right, so uh, now my so yes, so we're talking about every Marvel movie, every Marvel TV show. Um, okay, so let's see how this, how do they go about this? Um, so okay, so this is um, it's uh, an exhaustive dis- dis- dissection of Disney's Marvel Cinematic Universe. That's what they're saying here, but I feel like when you say every. I'm, I'm I'm thinking it means every. You know what I mean? Right. So it looks like they have 31 altogether. Wow. Okay. Well, well, okay. Hey, guess what number 31 is? <laughs> don't don't don't. Inhumans. Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay, I, I sorry, um, I cheated. I pulled it up as uh, I hit that view all button to really make the story easier to read. Yes. Um. Well, you know, I, I, you know, I I tried. I really tried. I, I wanted to like Inhumans, and I remember when it first came out. I was actually uh, away at Dragon Con, and they were uh, they one of the theaters was um was doing the uh, the movie the the movie screen premiere of the series. So I'm like, okay. So I'm like, okay. I'm gonna. I want to like this. I really did. But I think I think I had a party or a concert to go to that night, so I ended up not going, and I don't feel like that I really missed out because after watching the first episode, I just couldn't care. And you're talking to somebody who loves all things Marvel. I just couldn't care. My problem with it was if they had broken it up into two pods, everything that was done in the eight episodes, if they just narrowed it down to four and then mm-hmm. did a second storyline with a with a subplot weaving the two pods together, I think we would have had a better series. I agree. I agree. Number 30 is Iron Fist. Um, so I, I personally, I disagree with this one because I feel like, you know, Iron Fist, at least season one of Iron Fist was a different Marvel show. I think a lot right. of people went in expecting it to be, you know, a Kung Fu version of Luke Cage and it's not, um, Especially, you know, when we're talking about somebody who has spent 10 years away from this realm. And so when you see him, he comes back and he's trying to get his bearings. All right. And it's true. I agree. You know, it got a little much that every 
opportunity that he had, he was able to say, "I'm the immortal Iron Fist." I get it, but right. yeah, I, I get the I get the idea of people not liking it. I get it, but at the same time. You know, this, I, I feel I like, I, I just feel like it got, it didn't get a fair shake. Yeah. I feel like with the TV shows you in this list, like, you almost have to make every season a separate, a separate item. Yes. Because, uh, yeah, sure, there were some, there, like, early on with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., there were some bad seasons. But then mm-hmm. it got really great. This, I, I have a feeling season two is going to be a hundred times better than season one. Right. Right. And that one will definitely not belong in number 30. Yeah, but you know, one of the best things that came out... uh, Sorry, I'm going back to Inhumans real quick. One of the best things that came out of Inhumans was Lockjaw. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, I will say that. I think one of the best things that came out of Iron Fist, Detective Bailey. Yes. Well, sorry. That's Luke Cage. Yeah. But still, um, the actually, to me, the best thing was the Stan Lee cameo. (laughs) Yeah. So... Uh, so let's move along. Well, number 29 is The Incredible Hulk. I disagree. Like, if you're going to put a Hulk movie in there, why don't you just put Hulk in there? Because I tell you, well, well you know, then again, well, Hulk was not. Supposedly not Hulk's not cinematic. part of this. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. And why And why is Hulk down this low? I honestly think it has something to do with Edward Norton. Yeah. Yeah. Let's see. It says, um. From the director, from the director of, Transpo- uh, of the Transporter, and the film that made us say released the Kraken for a couple of months, the Incredible Hulk uh, came. The Incredible Hulk, Louis Lettier, helmed this baby with speedy pacing and a so-so eye for special effects, but the man delivered on some nifty action set pieces and surprisingly good acting for a comic flick. That we've all but forgotten. Right. So move along. Pretty, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's certain there's parts of it that I remember. Like you know, I I remember uh, seeing Tony Stark talking to uh, Thunderbolt Ross. Right. You know. Yeah. And you know, there there were parts where you could tell that they changed. Um, they changed the 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 origin story of. Uh, Hulk so that it was closer to the TV series as opposed to the traditional story that we got from the Hulk movie you know uh, right. and but it was a but you didn't they did us the pleasure of just showing it through the opening credits as opposed to making this movie another origin story right so to speak now number 28 is the defenders um and you know the thing is um I, I know that the general public didn't care for the defenders, and some people felt like that they couldn't watch it because they hadn't watched all the Netflix series. And I don't know. I personally, I liked I liked the, I, I liked everything about this series. I liked the style. I liked how, like, you know, when you looked at, like, when you were dealing with certain characters, there was a slight filter. Like, if you were dealing with um, Daredevil, you know, there was a slight red filter. Jessica was slight blue. Luke was a slight yellow. And uh, Danny was a slight green, you know. I I liked that, you know. Um, I I liked how, you know, there were certain parts that nodded to other series, you know. Um, But I know that ultimately, 
Um, people just, I don't know, people, I don't know if people just didn't want to take the time or they just didn't know what to expect. Um, but I enjoyed the series. Okay. All right. And now, uh, number, let's go to number 20, 20, 27, I think. Yeah. 27. Yeah. Okay. Let's go to, here we go. So let me go over. Okay. Here we go. 27 is Thor to Dark World. I will tell you, read an interesting uh, story before we came on. Chris Hemsworth admitted that Thor to Dark World was a, and this is a quote, meh movie. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> That's what he said. He said it was meh. Now, I want to go back and watch this again because I'm wondering, I wasn't sure maybe maybe I missed something because uh, I recently I watched I went back and watched another movie that for years I did not have the most enthusiasm for and I came away really enjoying it there was I, I don't know if I just wasn't I was in a different mental space at that point but you know I I do want to see Thor the Dark World again, again and see if it see if that feeling changes for me because it's Pretty much my least favorite of the Thor movies right now. Hemsworth must have listened to us because how many times have I said Thor and Thor? Well, Thor was okay for a opening Mm -hmm. or for an origin, but Thor 2 was horrible. So, meh works. Man, yeah, yeah, it's. Just, I don't know. I just didn't. Act. That's I just, that's almost, that's almost show title issue two nineteen Thor meh mm-hmm. or, or just two nineteen meh <laughs> meh. Okay, number twenty six is Iron Man two. It, I don't know. It could have been better. I'd play. It wasn't bad. I would place it a lot higher than Iron Man three. I was definitely not a fan of that one. Yeah, I, I am surprised Iron Man three is higher than this. I, I okay. I will give you that. Um, you know, for one thing, we got War Machine in this one. People, how are you gonna put the first appearance of War Machine uh, right there at the very bottom, right next to Thor: The Dark World? But you know, that's the reason why I'm not uh, working for consequences sound because well maybe this article wouldn't even happen but well yeah it, I mean, it may it may happen but not this way no 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 you know i mean it was i don't know yeah it was okay i you know and i, I wasn't sure i didn't really care for the way they handled um whiplash yeah. But you know, that's neither here nor there. Oh, and I disagree with this one. They number twenty five. They make cloak and dagger number twenty five. Oh, hello? See this is why they don't they don't give the T V shows love. I'm like No, I'm guessing it's somebody who watched like the first episode and said, Oh, okay, that's where it goes. Yeah. Well yeah, I mean, because I think this article was done like late um late July, uh, which is probably right when the show was just starting. And I'm like, oh my, you, this yeah. show, this show went, by the time it was all said and done, was Netflix quality, uh, Netflix grittiness. It got about as gritty as you could get. And the, and the writing was as strong as you could get. Right. You know, because uh, I'll admit, because we talked about it on the show before. I, when we, when, uh, when we walked into this, I was just kind of like, 
don't know how I feel about that. You know, yeah. I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure about. Um, well, let, let's continue yeah, um, on. Okay. Uh, hang on. Tell you what, uh, I'll pick up for you. Yeah, because uh, my my computer's doing Not some problem. weird things. Hang on. No problem. Uh, so after Cloak and Dagger, we've got Moaz. You're asking what's <laughs> Moaz or Maos. Maos, Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. in at 24. Now, mind you, most of season one was a stinker. <laughs> I've never hidden that. But season two wasn't bad. Season three, they, I think, stretched out the Inhumans line too long. And, of course, that's when the Inhuman show should have happened, not when it yeah. did. They yeah. had but, planned for it, and it just it didn't happen when it should have. Yeah. And then four and five were, were actually pretty decent. Uh, yeah. In number 23, Avengers, Age of Ultron. Okay, and I'm back, guys. Thanks. Uh, so, uh, you know, Age of Ultron, okay, now I will tell you, Age of Ultron is probably my least favorite of the Avengers movies. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was a good story. It needed to be told. Uh, but at the same time, um, I don't know. I, but you know, the thing is that, uh, I, I don't know there were things I, this was one of those there were things I really liked about it and things that I just didn't really care for. Yeah. But you know, and then, uh, now number 22, I disagree series. What? With twenty two, with the Runaways. Oh, oh yes. Yeah. See now, I've never. The thing is, I have yet to watch uh, Runaways. I've heard really good things about it. I've said good things about it. Yeah. Overall, yeah. it's definitely one that needs to be that would deserve to be higher on the list. Right. So you know, and that you know, and that thing is. Yeah, th- some of these shows that people that that were that we're looking at, they're getting um, questionable ratings. Are Marvel shows? The thing is, people don't understand that Marvel shows have a lot of subtext, right? So you know, and there, there's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of stuff that goes on that is that's on a much deeper level because these aren't just people with they, these aren't just superhero shows, right? You know, th- these aren't just superhero shows. These are people. These are dramas about people and their lives. You know, right? Well, tell you what. Let me since I might have a faster connection than you got, Kylan. Let me pick up for you from here. All right. Uh, at twenty one, Ant Man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that one I think could be a little higher because that one was yeah. a very pleasant surprise when it came out. I, I I walked out yeah I walked out of Ant Man one to go back and watch it again. I'm predicting the same thing, and those uh, janitor dudes and they know who they are uh, are going to be shocked when I say I'm expecting an Ant Man like reaction to Aquaman. You know what I I I I think I see that too. So I, I'm kind I'm kind of excited for Aquaman to be honest with you. So. Uh, number twenty, Thor. I, I think I I'm like a, Thor. <clears throat> knowing what's coming, mm-hmm. um, I think twenty may be a hair, a hair, uh, a hair low. Oh my lord, what is stuck? Um, but I mean, for Kenneth Branagh, who's never done a superhero movie, mm-hmm. I mean, it, it was a good fit. It was, and it was one of the first ones. Yeah, that's true. That's um, true. And if somebody, I, I didn't expect Thor to to even play well on screen, and it did. Now, nineteen Ant Man and Wasp in the Wasp. Oh, that this is too low for this one. Yeah, potentially. 
I still think Iron Man should, or Ant Man should be higher than the sequel. I agree. Uh, I agree. At eighteen, Agent Carter. Uh, <sighs> This should be swap runaways in Agent Carter. Uh, my yeah. problem with Agent Carter was season two was supposed to take place a year later, and they kept it within mm-hmm. the same year. Right. Yeah, you should have stuck with what the original game plan was. Yes. Uh, 17, Daredevil from uh, Netflix. Man, okay, what, uh, whatever. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I can see this one being a little higher on the list. Yes. Uh. So, uh, 16, Luke Cage. Um, definitely deserves a lot higher on the list. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely doesn't, I don't, as much as I loved, um, Swain's performance on, uh, as Detective Bailey, mm-hmm. um, I don't know if it really deserved to be higher, even if it's by one, higher than Daredevil. So. <sighs> Yeah, I, I, you know, I, I honestly expected both of those to be higher on this list. Now, only because I know a certain movie hasn't been mentioned. Mm-hmm. At fifteen, Doctor Strange. And I'm sorry, there's another movie that should be a lot lower in this list to not to move this up some. Right. Uh, number fourteen, The Punisher. So, how in the world are you going to put The Punisher above Luke Cage and Daredevil? No, no. Number 13, Avengers Infinity War. With all the hype and everything else, this is at 13. Really? Yeah. Oh, okay. All right, because, you know. Number 12, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. I see. I would have ranked this one a little bit lower. Yeah. Um, I mean, I liked it. Don't get me wrong, but I just felt like it would have been a little bit lower. Number 11, Captain America Civil War. That I, should be in the top 10 easily. Yeah. Uh, I get why it's here, especially since a lot of people, you know, one, you're, we're missing the X-Men from from the storyline. Two, it felt more like Avengers 2.5, uh, even though the, the Captain America story arc was great. But um, do you still think do you, do you still think Iron Man 3 should be ranked higher than Civil War? Uh, unfortunately, we still have. Unfortunately for Tony Stank, no. <laughs> um, coming in at number ten, Thor Ragnarok. Okay, I would put this one potentially in the top ten. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll give it. I'll give you top ten for this one. You know? Um, number nine. See, me personally, I would put this one higher. Captain America: The First Avenger. Oh yeah, that should have been way higher. Uh, number eight again. This one should be higher. Iron Man. Yeah, that should be way higher. Uh, coming in at number seven, The Avengers. Okay, uh, whoever wrote this is on crack. Avengers should have been a lot higher. Yeah, it should have been. Number six, Jessica Jones. I I could leave I could leave Jessica here. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm 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 good with Jessica being you know at that level. So uh, number five, Spider Man Homecoming. Uh, I think it could have been. I think there's a little high for Spider Man Homecoming. Yeah, it's it's a yeah. great movie, but uh, number four, Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm, yeah. I think I'm okay with that. I uh, think I'm okay with that. Number three, the Black Panther. I'm okay with that. Yeah. Number two, Iron Man three. Really? Iron Man three. That is way Way too too high high. for Iron Man three. Top twenty is too high for Iron Man three. Yeah. I I mean I I like the extremist storyline. Don't get me wrong. 
and I, I like PTSD Tony Stark. I do, but but number two is too high. But you know when when he sits there and is working on armor for two thirds of the film to come to him from California, and it takes forever. But yet, once he meets the Mandarin, once he gets to the point of Extremis, oh, all of a sudden the armor comes out of nowhere. Please, uh, uh-uh. but. Number one, Captain America, the Winter Soldier. I agree with that. Uh, yeah. I, I, I would be okay with Captain America, Winter Soldier, or Black Panther. I would be good with either one of those at number one. See, I, I would have taken First Avenger at number one. Even still, I think to me that is probably one of the most solid pieces of Marvel Cinematic that we got. Yeah, well, you know, it, and it, it, they did a great job of acknowledging the the, the source material. Um and along with having to make obvious changes to the main story, like they still are able to incorporate the Howling Commandos, uh, even though they, they did it without the Nick Fury, the 616 Nick Fury. But that was fine. It still worked. Right. Um, and it's a movie that it, it, it's it's not a hero movie. It's a World War Two movie with a superhero. In yeah. It. Yeah. Yeah. You know. So and really, it's a symbi- It's not only symbolically creating the Marvel universe, but it's literally showing you. Yes, this is how we're going to make a superhero. Right. Yes. Well, uh, let's hit our picks of the week. So, Kylan, why don't you start us off? Okay. Cool. Um, let me bring it up. So, my first book is. Daredevil Annual, number one. I just so tempted to say you didn't see that coming, did you? Ha, ha, ha. Anyway. I was a little blindsided by that. (laughs) Okay, and this is brought to us by Erica Schultz, Marcio Takara, and Shane Davis. And the letter C. (laughs) That's so wrong. Oh, my... (laughs) If a if a redheaded lawyer comes looking for you, I, it's not my fault. It's nothing to do with uh, Misty. Meet the devil. You know Daredevil as the man without fear, the protector of Hell's Kitchen. But once upon a time, Daredevil was just the newest super suit on the block. And NYPD detective Mercedes Misty Knight was just a cop on the job. So when she places Daredevil at the scene of a crime, sparks will fly. And not the good kind. Award-winning crime writer Erica Schultz teams with fan-favorite artist Marshall Takara to bring you a story of street-level heroism in the early days of the Marvel Universe. Okay. Uh, Bart, why don't you go next with your first pick? Uh, my first pick is Runaways number 12, uh, written by Rainbow Rowell and Chris Anka. Nico takes a big step forward. Gert takes a big step backward. Carolina has to face the paparazzi. And Victor decides it's time to come clean. A really, really short description for that one. Interns are on holiday. Yep. Uh, first pick of the week for me is Miss Marvel number 33. Uh, G. Willow Wilson, Nico Leon, Valerio... Skyetti, Skyetti. Well, Valero could come on and correct us on that. Uh, superhero-sized problems. Kamala and Bruno's experiments have gone a bit awry, but Miss Marvel needs to pull it together if she's going to save the day. Don't miss the shocking battle between Miss Marvel and a classic Marvel villain. So, Kylan, your second pick of the week. 
My second pick of the of the week is Extermination number two of five, uh, brought to us by Ed Brisson, Pepe Loraz, and Mark Rooks. Cyclops, Iceman, Angel, Beast, Marvel Girl. The original team of Teen Mutants brought together by Professor Charles Xavier many years ago have been shunted through time to find a world they barely recognize, but were determined to help. Now, finding themselves targeted for death, the future of mankind, mutant kind lies squarely in the hands of its past. Writer Ed Brisson, uh, Old Man Logan and Cable, and artist Pepe Larraz, Uncanny Avengers and Avengers No Surrender, answers the biggest question of all. Can the fate of the X-Men be changed? Okay. Oh, Bart, your second pick of the week. My second, Pete, my second pick of the week is Star Wars Lando Double or Nothing, number four. Uh, written by Rodney Barnes, Paola Villanelli, and W. Scott Forbes. Having been freed from Batalla, from Batalla and his warrior gang, or warrior clan, Lando now faces a host of new obstacles. Will he get past the stormtroopers, find Rhesus, and get the arms to, arms to him and his people? Is all this possible while still wearing a cape? Well, his mustache starts a grooming trend. All will be answered in this issue. Cool. Well, uh, my second pick is Edge of Spider-Geddon, number two. And it's two of four. Jed McKay, Jake Wyatt are uh, bringing these to us. After Jared Wade, My Chemical Romance, The Umbrella Academy, and Jake Wyatt created um, SP Doctor back in Spider-Verse, she was one of the most requested heroes. With Spider-Geddon on the horizon, SP forward slash DR is back. Zach Thompson and Lorraine Nedler are joining the team to help bring you the next chapter in Penny Parker's life and set the table for the Spider event of 20. 2018. So, Kylan, your final pick of the week. My final pick of the week is New Warriors Trade Paperback Darkness and Light. Uh, brought to us by Fabian Nicesia, Nicesia, Derek Robertson, and Mark Bagley. As the Infinity War begins, Speedball and Rage take on their doppelgangers. But when the Warriors head to the Middle East to fight a whole different kind of war, they must face harsh truths and make impossible decisions. Night Thrasher steps out of the warrior's shadow to take care of business, learning the four key steps to control his own destiny. But when the Dark Force, source of Silhouette's powers, threatened to engulf New York City in eternal shadows, the warriors, along with Spider-Man and Doctor Strange, must face the darkness within. Plus, will Cloak and Dagger join the team? And who is, or who are, Turbo? And the imprisoned Marvel Boy begins his journey to justice, collecting New Warriors 19, from 1990, uh, New Warriors 27 through 36, and Annual number 3, Night Thrasher 4 Control numbers 1 through 4, and material from a Marvel Holiday Special number 2. Okay. Bart, your final pick of the week. My final pick is X-23 number 3. From Mariko Tamaki, Juan Cabal, and Mike Show, Laura has faced plenty of threats in her day, and when those threats take aim at Gabby, all bets are off. But the stakes are even higher, and the consequences more dire, when Laura comes up against the psychic super threat, the Cuckoos. 
Okay. Well, my final pick of the week is from Greg Ruka, Andrea Brocardo, and Rob Reese. It is Poe Dameron, annual number two. Can Poe Dameron outmaneuver one of the galaxy's greatest pilots? Rebellions may be built on, on, on hope, but they need more than that to survive. Leia sends Black Squadron on a new mission, one that will raise, the, will raise important funds for the resistance. Can a group of pilots really do the work of smugglers and scoundrels? And I got to say, the trailer for Star Wars Resistance looks great. So I haven't had a chance to watch it yet. Uh, so, Kylan, since you've got the MU pick this week, uh, what you got? Okay, so uh, now I'm picking one one book specifically, but this is part of a, uh entire miniseries. I do strongly suggest that you read the entire miniseries because it was a important part of a uh, Captain America Winter Soldier. So I suggest that you read the whole thing. But uh, I'm focusing specifically on Nick Fury versus S.H.I.E.L.D. number three. This is from 1988. Uh, to aid in his battle against S.H.I.E.L.D., Fury recruits some unlikely allies, Tony Stark, an accountant, and one of the greatest villainesses in the world. Uh, and this is uh, the penciler for the cover was the man is the man himself. Jim Steranko, um, with the interior being uh, the writer is Bob Harris and the penciler is Paul Neary. And the reason why I chose this book is because I just happened to stumble across the fact that Mac McKenzie, uh, specifically Alfonso Mac McKenzie, yeah, that Mac yeah. from Agents of Shield makes his first appearance in this book. Wow. I didn't realize I didn't realize that Mac was actually based on a Marvel character. You know, I thought that may have been somebody that they made up for the show. I just happened to stumble across this. So yeah, I suggest read the entire series, but for the purpose of this, focus on number three of Nick Fury versus Shield. Okay. Well, that's going to bring us close to the end. Any final thoughts? Uh, I can't think of anything. No. How about uh, over on StarWars.com? Go check out this great story that talks about Beckett number one and the grit of a gunslinger. Uh, didn't want to go into it this week because uh, it starts off, spoiler warning, it contains details and plot, point, and plot points from the book. Because I believe this is a one-shot. So okay, um, so yeah, go check this out. It, it's it's gonna be cool. I, I thought it was a great read. So cool. I, if there's nothing more for this week, no. um, then I'm just gonna say there's only one thing left to do. All wrapped up here, sir. Will there be anything else? No, just time to go dark. even stranger than you already know. At this point, I doubt anything would surprise me. Tin Buck says you're wrong. 